helping businesses grow and you absolutely have to market to grow your business. Agency and uh, welcome to our mastermind session. I'm here with Hirsch Davis Nitzberg. Mm -hmm. um, you, I, you know, I said it correctly the first time, and then as soon as you said that I could mess it up because you mess it up, yeah. I feel like it just got in my head, and that's okay. what happened. So, Hirsch Davis Nitzberg. Yes, I have a hard time saying. That. <laughs> well, thanks yeah. for giving yeah. me that pass. So, um, and we're just here. We're going to talk about um, reputation management, reputation cleanup. So if you're a small business or a mid-sized business or a large business, this is something that definitely can apply to you. So recently he ranked on one of the top reputation management, ranked as one of the top reputation management consultants in America. Hirsch Davis Nitzberg helped pioneer the reputation management industry when he first launched Repair Bad Reputation, which can be found at repairbadreputation.com in the summer of 2007. And although his client list is very closely guarded, Davis Nitzberg has worked with major politicians, celebrities, and companies protecting online reputations. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad and excited to pick your brain. Like I said, we haven't really talked to anybody about this for our Chat and Grow podcast, so um, I feel it's often overlooked, but it's super important. So yeah. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. It's great to be here. Thank you for asking me to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't, you, why don't we just start? Can you just tell me a little bit about you? About myself? Yeah. Mm. Well, I guess I, well, I could, you know, where I started this company, I started the company 10 years ago. Um, at the time, um, people really didn't understand what I was talking about. Basically, what reputation management is, and I probably should back up to that, is um, when somebody goes online and looks at either a person or a company up, the digital footprint that's left on those first two pages of search results define the way it is that we define a reputation. So if someone were to look my name up online, the first two pages correlate to how people are gonna understand me, whether or not they're gonna wanna do business with me, whether or not they're gonna wanna date me, whether or not they wanna go and, I'm married, so it's okay, honey. And baby on the way. Yeah, and baby on the and way. And happy birthday to you, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you, yes, 21. Um, so, um, you know, it, it, it applies to people applying for colleges, because college admissions officers go online a lot. It applies to um, people coming out of college and going into the workforce. HR constantly looks people up online. You obviously have celebrities, musicians, politicians. You have small businesses, which really fit into like the Yelp niche. Mm -hmm. You have medium-sized businesses that are looking to do a lot of business-to-business -business work or maybe business-to-commerce stuff. And then you have larger scale businesses, both the CEOs of larger scale businesses, because a CEO's reputation relates to how the company does, as well as the company in general and how they're gonna deal with a crisis management situation. So what we look to do is control those first two pages of search engine results with either positive or neutral content. And that consists of either a crisis management situation in which you're looking to defend a negative position or a crisis or I'm sorry, in terms of uh, a reputation building position in which somebody goes online or a company goes online and they just don't like what they see enough or they don't feel like they control those first two pages of search results. So we look to control those assets or those websites 
with positive information. Um, so the, the way in which I got into this business actually is I came back from my college reunions. Actually, I started my first company right out of college um, with a close friend of mine, Brian. And Brian started a company after we sold our first company and it's worth a billion dollars, mm. quite literally, probably. And I'm, you know, I've been known as a little competitive every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So I looked him up online and I looked myself up online and I didn't like the way I looked. Mm. So at the time, I just started working on my own reputation. Mm. Um, and I would tell people about this process. I was working in another industry. I would tell people about this and people had no idea what I was talking about. You know, three or four, late, four, three or four years later, I moved full time into this. Okay. You know, and for the most part, people still didn't understand what I was talking about. They saw how it was applicable to celebrities, celebrities, musicians, politicians, mm -hmm. um, but they didn't see how it applied to kind of just the larger market. Mm -hmm. And then it was up until maybe 2012. I think in a lot of ways it corresponded to the Yelp kind of generation. Gotcha. In which it began to apply to a lot of other different businesses. Mm -hmm. So, Suddenly people were feeling the pain of it. <laughs> right. And, and it really, really matters. Yeah. You know, like Yelp, don't quote me on this, or that you're going to quote me on this, <laughs> um, a half a star increase correlates to an 18% gross revenue wow. for a restaurant, for instance. I don't actually handle small businesses, but a large portion of this market is small businesses. Okay. Um, but, you know, obviously with the strength of the internet now, in every single facet, what we see online is going to correlate to the way we see either a person or a company. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have clients, I call them obituary clients, people that are in their later phases of life that want their grandkids to see positive things about them online, mm -hmm. um, which I've been getting a lot more of them. So people? People. As opposed to brands or something? Both. You know, because okay, yeah. in the internet, People, to a certain extent, are brands. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and, and in as much as a, a, a person's a commodity, it's it's an image, mm -hmm. or they're an image. A person, it, is an image. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. uh, they're an image. Right. You know, so we want to look to just kind of control that dialogue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome. Let me just kind of look up here. I answered all your questions. I know. I'm We're like, good. okay, well, awesome. Um, so... Um, okay, so you, what kind of company, okay, so you work with people and not so much small businesses. So what type of businesses do you work with? Right, so um, businesses? Or, well, I mean, so we've covered brands, so like people. Right, or well, I'll, I'll get into brands. that. Do you want me to go through that again or? No, no, no. Do you, do you handle businesses too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, primarily we're dealing with medium or large scale businesses. A lot of the large-scale businesses are serious crisis management situations. Okay. So something happens, and they're all over the news, and they want to find a way to respond or position themselves in a positive and accurate response. Medium-sized businesses, $100 million or less gross, you're probably dealing with people that are looking to partner up with other companies. Um, and so they want their corporate brand to be positive. Okay. Um, with a medium business, medium scale businesses, you deal with a lot of websites like um, ripoffreport.com. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of these websites that kind of like 
will grill companies okay. and medium-sized industry. Um, and, and I see a lot of times that people will have very strong established brands, but they get put on a couple of negative websites and their business, their bottom line really, really hurts. Okay. With larger scale businesses, you're dealing primarily with kind of a larger scale situation in which you know the internet allows you in real time to be able to measure what it is that's being said and who is it that's saying it. So a situation happens in real time, I can do analytics, quantitative work, to be able to determine how much is being said out there about a crisis situation and then understand who's saying it. Okay. So it's Gen Y, it's Gen X, it's millennials. I can actually measure that and then based upon those calculations, we can create kind of an informed reaction or response to a crisis management situation. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, you know, I, obviously I can't get into specifics as mm -hmm. far as names and brands, but, um, you know, a situation where something really terrible happens to a company and it positions them in a very poor light or quality. So we're going to look at, um, okay, this, this is affecting the millennials and the millennials want to hear this response or maybe the millennials don't want a response mm -hmm. maybe the best thing to do is let it blow over okay you know but it needs to be calculated decisions in a lot of ways you know for the you know long-term you know financial benefits of a company that's the bottom line is how are you going to respond to a situation that's going to allow you to continue to grow your business out okay you know so and then is it fair to say that there are kind of different angles too and you kind of touched on this a little bit at the beginning where there's a way to uh, manage how the communication is going in and then there's a way to manage it once it's already said is that true so like where you're managing getting reviews let's say or things like that or it right so you can monitor the information that's coming in um and and I mean, in the case of, let's say, reviews. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one thing I would think that you should do is you, you need to obviously monitor the information that's coming in, mm -hmm. be able to respond to those people because you want to create dialogues and then work long term to create an overall image and, you know, potentially fix any negative information that's out there. Because, you know, a lot of time the people that are saying negative things about us can actually be the people that are going to be most instrumental to our business. And in fact, from my perspective, actually, a lot of times the people that are saying negative things about us will also be the best people out there to take our information out there and spread it because we're able to create a dialogue with them. Okay. Um, but yes, you have the monitoring aspect of things and you have the reaction, you know, and, and it needs to be in like a very well planned and well thought out situation in terms of how best to react. Well, like you said, there's a ways to measure it and have some kind of um, gauge on that demographic and what's being talked about and how to respond to it. So it sounds like it's pretty... Um, it's pretty quantified, but yeah, it's exactly. definitely data-driven. Exactly. And I, I, I actually, I would think that that's one thing that's very different from what we do in terms of online reputation management as opposed to reputation management because you see a lot of the big publicity firms that have kind of always handled crisis management but the thing that's kind of changed is that we understand the internet so we can actually look 
to see the quantifiable information out there so that we can do a better job of kind of figuring out what type of response that we should make. Right. So, you know, we do, we, we do have a lot of traditional PR firms mm -hmm. that are outsourcing their work to us. Okay. Um, so, so do you do online and offline in-house, in or do you team up with, like, PR firms where they do... I, I don't know how people really create a difference there. Okay, okay. In my mind, right. online is offline. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I see... Anymore, anyway. oh, but yeah. not even if that, but... Saying that, if but, you're saying anything, where is it being said? Right, know? but not only that, yes. And not only that, like, what I'm reading online is gonna... is gonna... Um, is gonna... Um, excuse me. What I'm reading online... Sorry, I've been a little bit sick. <laughs> What, what I'm reading online is going to um, affect everything that's out there in the um, the realm of, of you know traditional media. Right. So we do work with a lot of traditional PR firms, but I don't know exactly what they do that's different than us. Right. Right. So um, so I one of the things that you just mentioned that has changed over this time that you've been in the industry is the fact that a lot of it's online versus in the past where, you know, it was on TV or those other places. Do you see any other major shifts in the time that you've had your company or been in the industry? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the way in which the internet interacts with the, the general public has changed dramatically. And, I mean, I think that with the kind of advent of the social media generation, I think in a lot of ways, people are communicating more and more online. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you hear about it, that, you know, people are waking up in the morning and going on Facebook. Mm -hmm. and, and I find the information about my family on social media. You know what I mean? And so people create kind of these, I don't know, online worlds, you know, and this is the way in which they're communicating with one another. A parallel reality almost. Well, to them, it's a reality. <laughs> we may consider it a parallel reality, but to them, it's their reality. Right, right. You know, and my niece is on Snapchat more than she's talking to her friends and out about with her friends. Right, right. So how that does that relate to reputation, I think, primarily becomes... Um, it's the need to analyze in real time what's being said and who's saying it. Mm -hmm. So there's an issue of influencers, mm -hmm. which is a really, really big deal, which is, are there people out there that are saying something that have some sort of influence to, to be able to change the overall dialogue? Mm -hmm. If there are, I have to reply directly to these people and engage them in dialogues to try to divert whatever you know negative information is out there you have um uh, communicating on social media and having long-term dialogues on social media so that you're actually and and you do this really well engaging your core audience mm. you know to define your core core audience core audience through social media marketing you know and interaction you know uh, which is obviously a big deal mm -hmm. oh yeah um and then 
and and in the ways in which all of that helps establish your overall brand or image presence. Okay. Um, so so the ways in which the information that you're putting out there is supporting we call them talking points. It's like okay, here's the brand that we're looking for and here's the different talking points that correlate or support that brand or image. So everything I put out there that needs to center around the core image and the core talking points. Okay. So, you know, that's changed over a period of time in which our understanding of the way in which we interact with the online community has changed. Okay. Um, so in a lot of ways, maybe like I go to a store, my interaction at the store and my interaction with the store online actually can have a lot of similarities. Okay. You know, and if my interaction at the online environment or company, if that's ignored, then that's going to affect the overall reputation of a company. True, true. So, okay, so I feel like um, I'm trying to look at all this from an outsider's perspective because I know it's, again, it's something I feel is overlooked. Do you, do you find that to be true? Do you think that, um, like, who is your target audience? Where do you get your clients? And what, um, what do you think is uh, the biggest question that they, like, does everybody already know? Oh, reputation management. Somebody said something bad about me, so now could you go fix it? Is it beyond that? I mean, I guess... So, no, 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 I get it. Thing? So, um, I would say a few years ago, nobody knew what I was talking about. And if I said, you know, reputation management, reputation repair, if I use words like that, people would have no idea what I was talking about, period. And I would have to explain it for a long time, and they'd sit there with, like, that kind of look on their face. It's like if I talk about SEO. I always feel What's like I SEO? need a geek. Yeah, I need a geek. I, I'm going to get these geek flags, so as soon as I geek out about it, they can lift it. So yeah. No, I, you get that where you're kind of talking, and someone's like, okay, you lost me about three. Yeah. But anyway, so go ahead. So there was a time where nobody knew what you're talking about, and they just kind of... Yeah, there was a time in which people didn't understand what I was speaking about. And then it began to kind of change. Um, people understand now that their digital online footprint is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And they're understanding more socially to what extent controlling your image online can really change your core brand. Mm -hmm. So you can even look at it in terms of politics. Whether or not you do or don't like Donald Trump, he's able to control his core brand and reach his core audience. Mm -hmm. So people see that picture but they don't understand the intricacies in terms of how you do that. So I think for the most part, clients will turn to me and they'll just be like, fix it. Right. Do something. Fix it. I don't know what it is you do, but just fix it. Okay. Which is actually nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that much micromanaging. <laughs> but um, uh, I definitely still have to explain it to people, but we don't market ourselves or push ourselves out there mm -hmm. a, a lot of what we do is via word of mouth because what I found is well one people don't want you saying to somebody oh you need to work on this right it's the last thing that people did want. you hear what they're saying about you online you really need me. right yeah yeah this is bad <laughs> yeah. you know um they don't want to hear that and two it's a it's 
reputation management is built upon your own reputation. So the last thing you want to do as a reputation management industry is have a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing that's probably our barrier to entry in terms of people not having concern with our core market is there's a lot of companies out there that are actually scam companies. They're set up overseas. They come in. I've seen companies with fake board of directors. They make people up. And they come in and they do these kind of guarantees, 100% guarantee, but they're offshore in Russia. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen companies remove negative information and then give it like a couple of months and then put more negative information on there. Oh, for job security kind of thing? Because they know that, yeah, they know they that this person there is going to get hired again. Oh my gosh. Um, so our biggest issue has been establishing our own reputation. Mm-hmm. Which is nice because we've been doing this, you know, since 2007. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I'd like to believe that we help kind of figure out what this is or define what it is. So if you go online, you'll never find something negative about us, period. Okay. Like I've seen one negative thing that was said about us. And what it was said is, I don't believe that these guys are as good as what it says they are. Oh. Don't trust them. That's the only thing I've ever seen. Okay. Is someone saying, I don't believe that this could actually be possible. Okay, okay. So, that's not too shabby. No, 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 that's yeah. good. I, you know. Yeah. So are there certain industries that you feel like, okay, if you're in this industry, you really need to pay really close attention to this. And then are there other industries that don't, or do you feel like it's more of a scale of everyone should, but these guys really should? Business to commerce, people that sell things to the consumers, that's the, they need to think about it first and foremost. Because a lot of people are going to do business with someone based upon, oh, this is a product that I'm interested in, in buying. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some actually incredible statistics when it comes to this stuff. Um, but, I, you know, I'm not going to, no, I'm, I'm not going to say that there's a, a, any level of importance that's different for specific industries Mm -hmm. or that it's important to restaurants you know doctors Mm -hmm. a lot of people get their information for doctors dentists hotels Mm -hmm. um, as far as businesses are concerned and 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 then you know mediums you know medium-sized businesses medium-sized business owners they live or die by their reputation Mm -hmm. In large-scale businesses, you know, reputations can get destroyed completely and take down large corporations um, and and individuals. You know, it, it's a varying level of how you define in which ways it affects you. Right. I got a phone call the other day from someone who was like, "I'm thinking about killing myself." I I don't actually. He's a drama queen. I actually okay. know who he is. <laughs> okay. Um, but. You know, it still it gets to that point in yeah. which it's really, really menacing yeah. in any form. Um, so it's a varying levels. It depends upon your perspective. We call it a hurt factor. Okay. How much you're hurt by a particular situation. Okay. And how much you identify how much you're hurt. And that hurt could be emotionally or it could be financially. Absolutely. Like how much will it kill you yeah. financially too? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, okay, well, and so what do you think is like a common mistake that Let's talk, my core audience are businesses, so let's talk about businesses for a little bit. What do you think is a mistake that's really common that you see that if 
businesses would just tweak something, they would get a lot of value out of it. I would say the first thing is that people don't engage their audience from a larger picture perspective. Um, well, I would say actually the first thing is they're not defining their core brand. And this is marketing 101, right? right? Which is kind of like, what do you sell? Mm-hmm. Mm, how do you, how, who are you selling to? And what do you do in order to be able to sell your products to that core audience? Obviously, that's marketing 101. Right. Um, it's funny. I've never had a podcast where we didn't talk about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so even reputation management. Yeah. I mean, it's marketing really, 101. goes back to that. Please, people, if we yeah. can make you do anything. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then, you know, a big thing that people aren't doing now with the Internet, and I think this is part of what we're doing right now, is engaging and socializing. A big thing is value. Mm. Providing value to your core clientele. So this becomes a source of information, education, mm-hmm. you know, ways in which we're able to create content to be able to drive sales, as opposed to you sitting here trying to sell a product. You're sitting here engaging with your core audience, helping them understanding something, and then maybe in certain ways it's going to long-term lead to business. But it's not traditional kind of sales. I'm going to sell you something. Mm-hmm. The biggest mistakes I see people make is not responding to situations that could be negative. Okay. They either get very confrontational, they get very defensive, and they try to run away from the situation. Mm-hmm. Being able to meet any sort of situation and create that dialogue is probably the largest thing that I see people make mistakes as. When so what would be an example of creating dialogue? Well, I mean, you brought up the example of Yelp, so I'm just going to stick okay, there, yeah. right? Is that you get a ne- negative Yelp review and and you don't respond to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Respond to those negative Yelp reviews. In my mind, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the statistics, statistics based upon my experience, as well as I think the statistics, statistics, statistics mm-hmm. indicate that, like, engaging with that audience is what's going to be able to lead to long-term sales. And again, not being defensive, but addressing. Addressing, learning. Okay. Because, you know, I find a lot of times... And I hear you. Right. How is it that I can change my business? Mm -hmm. You know, I've noticed also people let pride get in the way Mm -hmm. a lot of times. So they have a situation. There's people that take advantage of people out there, Mm -hmm. obviously. They have a situation where someone's trying to take advantage of them. And as opposed to just kind of being like, okay, the customer's always right mm-hmm. type of situation. I'm going to eat the loss. They're going to go, no, and then they yeah. get into this There's thing. There's more to the story, and I need to tell it right, right. now. And That's not the platform. <laughs> at all. And that person can just get more and more upset mm-hmm. and begin to do worse and worse things to you. The interesting, one of the biggest problems with, with, with online negative information that's put out there is there's no way to be able to measure the reputation of the person that's saying something. Mm -hmm. So somebody's writing negative reviews. A lot of times those people write negative reviews always. Mm -hmm. So what is the value of their negative review versus me? I've never written a negative review in my life because it scares me because (laughs) I know how this business works. So how do I determine how negative and how negative is it based upon 
the credibility of that person. I can't. Right. So the people that take advantage of people, you kind of just got to let them take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. Refund them, whatever else it is. I've heard situations where someone's like, I will not write a negative review as long as you don't charge me for this. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Totally against the terms of service, but yeah. Totally against sure. the terms of service. But they do it. Oh, look how good you look. <laughs> uh, I so don't, but... I do, this is my, mid, my mid-show... Uh, check so sorry I didn't mean to distract no, okay. you <laughs> so anyway so that's not the platform to ha- start the argument and, and you know a lot of times I always say you know it's easy to be awesome when things are going great yeah and so if you are able to display that you're awesome when things go bad I think that that speaks louder than business owners and you know the other thing is, is I'm not quite sure I, de- I define it as bad I just see it as like kind of a yeah. natural flow of doing business. Okay, yeah. You know, don't respond to situations and turn it into something more than what it has to be. It's like you're not going to be able to please everybody every single moment of the day. In family, I'm sure your your son is not always happy with you, but that doesn't right. make you any less of a good mother. Right. You know, but your dialogue with your son is kind of what determines your overall you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, yeah. being a great mom, you know, it, it's much the same way with businesses. The businesses that survive are the businesses that adapt and the businesses that can change, mm-hmm. you know, and the businesses that can communicate property with their core audience. And that never changes. So that's really something you can apply as technology changes and trends change. If you have that communication approach right. and that remains the same, it seems like oh, yeah. everything it's just, else can hold together. It's the ways in which we communicate that's changing mm-hmm. and the levels in which, like, you know, it's become much more of a social interaction. Mm-hmm. While as before, it was very black and white. Well, reputation before was kind of a word of mouth thing. Mm-hmm. You know, reputation now is a, I'm going to go look yeah, it up online thing. Yeah. You know, and then who knows where that's going to lead to. Mm-hmm. But people that are controlling their online digital presence are people that have a, a competitive advantage. Okay. You know, and it's not the optimization thing, the search engine optimization thing. Like people assume that you have to spend money mm-hmm. in order to be able to build your brand. But a lot of times it's just doing the right things. Right. The right thing is always the right thing. Yeah. 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 You know, and just that doesn't change. That. It's just yeah. how the right thing has, has worked changes or yeah. what is the Our right thing. tweaks yeah. and how you apply it versus the core part of the doing right. the right thing. Right. So, so if, you, if you had a crystal ball, do you see anything coming down the pike of trends as far as um, reputation management, anything in your industry that you, that you see coming are you going to no. pay me? <laughs> um, wow, that's a good question. Um, how do I see the market changing? I got to think about this one for a second because I want to give you an honest answer. Okay. I, I mean, I, I really just have to think about it. Um, I think that, wow, I don't really know what I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that, I definitely feel that the the more and more people from a business to consumer perspective are going to be buying online. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that, you know, people are shopping now on Amazon to mm-hmm. buy their groceries. And by voice. Like, voice is a big deal, too. That's a really big deal, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, and that relates in a lot of ways to how people search information. Mm-hmm. But that's more of a selling product type of thing. And I don't know quite... Well, I mean, it relates to our online digital footprint. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the bottom line is that our online digital footprint is going to matter more and more. Mm -hmm. Google knows what we do professionally. Mm -hmm. And Google's ability to be able to sell themselves as being a credible resource is based upon the fact that companies like myself don't succeed. Mm. Let's just put it that way, right? right. Mm -hmm. We have to adapt to the Google algorithms mm -hmm. in terms of understanding what is successful and what's not. So responses need to be much while before you could kind of make up things, mm. now responses need to be very calculated and they have to make sense, you know, on a broader frame. Okay. So you're not trying to, McDonald's is not trying to sell strawberries. Right. You know, so you have to kind of know how to position yourself. Um, the other thing is, is that, um, I forgot my train of thought. Um, there was another. I, trends, I, Google I, owns the world. I, I had the best thing ever to say. Actually. Yeah, Google owns the world. Oh, I think that there's going to be a, uh, and this will be good for consumers. I think there's going to be for individuals privacy versus the public right to know. Hmm. You know, so is an individual allowed to have private information that's kept to themselves, and to what extent is the information that's out there? within the realm of public hmm. and the public sphere and there's actually a lot of interesting things that are going on with the EU right now in which Google's been sued and there's been a lot of law cases that are right now litigating what it is it that's public for public concession and what is it that's private oh, wow. um, and I you know that's I don't know exactly it's a conversation that's being had. I don't know how that's going to end up happening. Mm -hmm. What I do know that I believe is going to start to happen, and this has happened in Europe, is that people are petitioning to Google to have information that gets completely removed. Oh. Um, corporations are petitioning to have information get completely removed because they're basically saying the information that's out there is private information and that private information shouldn't be available to the general public. Oh, wow. So that's I don't so know. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it is really yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that's something down the pike to kind of keep keep a lookout. That is super uh, Oh, and you know what? I want to say something else that I think is actually interesting is right now there's a, a, a law called the Communications Decency Act. It was established, don't quote me, in 1996. Um, and the Communications Decency Act basically says that any information that's posted on a third-party website that website is not liable for the content that's on their website. So a, a website that's, you know, talking about, um, you know, I hate lawyers.com and they start posting a whole bunch of information of lawyers and information that's on there. The website itself is not liable to the content that's being published because the content that's being published is created by third party entities. I think that's going to have to change. So are you talking about like user-generated content? User-generated yeah. content, yeah. Okay, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and, and the best example I have actually, and I see this a lot in, in my business, is, and I, I pointed this earlier, which is ripoffreport.com. Oh, yeah. That's a beast. That's a really, really big deal. Yeah. And nobody can get Google to remove content on Ripoff Report because they're protected by the Communications Decency Act. And what they're basically able to say is, 
although the information may have been posted anonymously, you know, although the information may be completely inaccurate. Right. Unverifiable. Could be not even a human. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be a competitor or whatever yeah. else it is. Disgruntled employee or that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Okay, don't even get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've yeah. got stuff to say. No, because I've seen I mean I say bad things happen to really good people. Mm-hmm. A lot. Um Rip-off report in in the way in which they can just say, oh, we're not responsible for right. this content. Something needs to be done there well, to, protect, to protect the, the individuals, the businesses that are being slandered. What is online slander, right? What right. is defamation? Right. That hasn't, been, hasn't been defined at all. What is defamation of character online? Well, and do you think um, Facebook at all is a barometer for the fact that um, these host websites might have to start being more accountable and YouTube too both of them have seems like they've been come down on a little more they've been they have I mean, I mean fake, fake news, news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what we're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean um, websites are becoming more accountable for the information that's mm-hmm. on there and having to become more they have to police that information more and more mm-hmm. and that's going to change absolutely mm-hmm Okay. Um, That's super interesting. Yeah, I, I and I don't know what I don't know what that means. Yeah, I do know that there's archaic laws that are in place right now, and as the internet has has changed, we haven't as a culture been able to respond to those. And then also, I mean, I even think socially and as far as being good individuals, mm-hmm. um, we're we're accountable for the information that gets put out there. Mm-hmm. And and that that line hasn't been crossed. Online bullying, yeah, like it, it's an education thing too. Mm-hmm. Which like I can't just post what it is that I'm thinking at that very second because what it is that I'm thinking can have tremendous repercussions, mm-hmm. and I need to understand in some sort of way what that tremendous repercussion is. And am I accountable to that? Mm-hmm. Right. right. You know, like. Yeah. It, if I'm making threats to somebody online, is that no different than making threats to, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things out there that it's also kind of a greater cultural issue. Right. Right. I have no idea where that's going to come apart. Well, let's kind of, um, round it back in. I want to kind of, um, we're just have a few more minutes. And so, yeah, where are we right now with time? Excuse (laughs) me for one second. Cause I do have a meeting after this. I just want to make sure. Um, um, Okay. And we'll wrap right on. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. So, as we're just wrapping this up, a couple questions. One is if you could make a business do something that you just feel like they missed the boat on quite often and you were the boss of the world and you just make them do something, what would that be? I'm not the boss of the world. Oh, so since you're the boss of the world. <laughs> um, I mean, as it relates to my market, because I mean, the first thing I want to do is say marketing 101 type of thing, mm-hmm. but if, if as relating to the reputation management industry. It's really up to you because a lot of what we talked about was that marketing 101 does affect how they approach the reputation management. So it really, if, if there's a core thing that you feel that, you know, you're passionate about what you do. So if you just could walk in there and go change that now, 
um, what would that be? I mean, for me, in my market, I see this as those first two pages. I know you're an SEO. I'm, I'm, I don't think that optimizing one particular website for a key term mm-hmm. is something that's really going to change. We don't right focus now. on SEO. Okay. We, so. just, we do a lot of the right stuff, yeah. and then we tack on some SEO. Oh, stuff you know what? Actually, you know, content marketing. Yeah. That, that I is, see a lot of you guys SEO. doing that. Yeah. Right, right. What you do is SEO. What we do is SEO. Okay. So for me, yeah. it's search engine results pages, SERP, mm-hmm. which is the first two pages. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that you need to control those first two pages, Mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking about, like, how am I going to make this website really, really popular? I want to say, how am I going to make this brand really relevant to the first two pages? Right. Um, So, you know, I, I think it's maybe thinking on kind of a more broad picture. I'm very impressed with your content marketing strategy. So I think that's extremely, extremely important. Right. Is is like having a strategy in the first place. Sure. I mean, but if you could make businesses do that, or or engaging with your core audience, creating dialogues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Educating people, producing value. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you look at kind of like, and this makes it different in terms of traditional PR. Traditional PR put out a press release and got some article written about something. Mm-hmm. Now content needs to be shared socially. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's creating value to the core consumer. Okay. And how that correlates to an overall brand and marketing and imaging perspective. Okay. And I would say actually the most important thing that people need to do is hire me. <laughs> but you don't work with small businesses very much. No, I know. Said, I so <laughs> Yeah. I actually so, I, I have so great we need companies. To give them a little nugget. Like, okay, so Yeah, yeah, know. no. I, I'm all about nuggets. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, no. I mean, we don't work with small businesses. I know companies that do, and I'm happy to awesome. tell people who to it, go to. It is really, even though, you know, we, we did joke about that and talk about yeah. it, I think no matter what size business you are, if, yeah. if you need professional help, I think you need to get professional help. Yes, I, I think small if businesses. If you messed it up enough to where you're feeling bad about what it looks like online, it means that you're gone, you know. I, I, at what point do you think that someone should seek it out like do you think it's good for someone to have someone on board I think preventative is better is the best way to do it is proactive versus reactive I think you need to be thinking about this stuff before something negative happens and and in trying to prevent this stuff happening or being proactive you're going to build your brand and image and that's going to be a thousand times more valuable Mm -hmm. than having to react to something anyway and people get it, you know, there's people out there that says negative things and sometimes it's not all perfect. You know, like I I I have five star reviews on Yelp and don't put this out there. I kind of wish sometimes that somebody gave me a four star review. Like don't just one of them. If you're yeah, don't, don't do it. Do it. <laughs> but um, just secretly. <laughs> because you have like people will always be like, "Oh, there's do you really only have five star reviews? Mm-hmm. Like they're suspicious of it. Like you're yeah. not a real person. I, or that it's not authentic, authentic or transparent. Which is interesting in the reputation management industry because mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how that matters. Right. <laughs> um, but Ironic. Like. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if it's not authentic, then I'm doing a good job. And if it is authentic, then I'm doing a good job. Right, right. Um, but I, I think that companies need to think about creating a footprint that's going to be positive. Mm-hmm. 
um, and reinforcing their brands in a way in which they're able to reach companies, individuals, and think long-term, think proactively. Okay. So I'm not quite sure there's any tipping point in which you need to contact a reputation management firm. I think you need to think about it before you have crisis management situations. Mm -hmm. And I think you need to create a digital firewall mm. by building brands. And then if something negative happens, it's a lot easier to, to sort out. Right, right. So get that communication in place and things like that. And it's almost like when your business starts to get some traction and you're feeling like you're a little more vulnerable, that's probably a good time to... I would say b before you launch that. your business. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that plan... I think that plan needs to take a hold when you're figuring out what your logo is going to be. Okay, nice. Yeah. Okay, so that was awesome stuff. And I, um, I'm sure that people are going to get a ton of good little pieces out of there, plus a lot of interesting um, perspective on what's coming Hopefully. down the pike. Yeah. So I, also, I like to end on a different note. Okay. I am a huge foodie, which is one of the reasons I love coming to L.A. I okay. think we have good food in Billings as well, but... Um, so if, uh, I didn't prepare I for this question. I know, I know. <laughs> so if something horrible happened and you had to move from LA and then you got to come visit one time and you could only eat at one restaurant, I know it's the saddest story ever, but where would that place be and what would you order? I almost don't want to say this because it sounds so snobby, but <laughs> if I could go anywhere to order any food, where would I go and what would I order? Right. So I um, like three Michelin restaurants. Okay. I think I'd probably end up somewhere in France. Okay. Um, and they have set menus. Okay. So, so a set nine course meal. That fit that fits you. Oh, there's no three Michelins out here. Oh, there aren't. No, no. There's. I don't even. I think there's one one Michelin. Okay. But um, New York has, I think, two or three, three Michelins. Okay. I, I just ate, actually, out of three. My, my wife and I were in New York, and we just had a nice dinner out there. San Francisco, I think, has four or five of them. I think they have more than any other place. Since you have to settle in L.A., then yeah. I should say. <laughs> where would you eat? Where, where's somewhere that, I mean, you have to like eating somewhere. I, I mean, is there? I do. I, my favorite place is like the corner taco place to tell you the truth but I think okay um, I am I'm such a cheat date um, I, you know honestly actually you know what on my birthday okay I'm going to Korean food oh okay. have you ever had Korean food oh yeah 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 the best right yeah. Yeah, I like well, all the well, veggies. I, mean, I like it, but yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I love that's my favorite. I like bibimbaps a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. I will say I like the bulgogi and the dot bulgogi, oh. which is the yeah. the the um, grilled beef and chicken. Yeah. I just like the experience. Experiences are big, I think, mm -hmm. for restaurants and eating. Yeah. Like I like the experience, which by the way, I think is why I like three Michelin restaurants. Oh yeah. Is cuz it's an experience. Yeah. I like dialogues with waiters. Yeah. You know, I, I like I like people to be educated on what they're actually selling because uh -huh. like food is kind of like a creative experience. Right. You know right. what I mean? So yeah, I people like say they're like food is like sex. Like, yeah, it, you know, it's like <laughs> it's a dialogue. It's a fluid com communication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. So yeah. Korean. Mm -hmm. if, or the local taco place yeah. or a three Michelin restaurant right we won't get there okay I, I do <laughs> the three awesome. Michelin like once 
yeah. a lifetime. Okay. But if, if you're going to do it, do it once a lifetime, for yeah. sure. Yeah, at least. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Well, Hirsch, thank you so much for yeah, joining us today. And um, if you're listening with us right now, which obviously you are, um, I hope that you were able to pull something out of there that you could use uh, to start right away with your business. And take care and the best is yet to come. Yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs>